right, welcome. I'm really glad to be here, Senior Master Sam Warren, and we're going to be talking about attention deficit disorder. You had some questions. So I'm Dr. Greg Moody. This is Laura Samborn, um, and we're going to be talking about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder today. Uh, let me get uh, get right to it, and we'll clear this screen out a little bit. That's what our, we're working on, and you can find some more information out about it at, in our book, Life Skills of Leaders, and at our school. So let's get to it. What kind of questions did you have about working with kids? With ADHD. My first question was, what do kids with ADHD look like? Well, we have a handout that we can uh, we can help you with, and I think for a lot of parents, it becomes challenging because kids all all are going to have some times where they're not paying attention, and kids are going to have some times where they're going to be more impulsive or hyperactive. So, when is it too much, and when is it you know need some extra attention? And really, the idea behind. Uh, whether a kid gets a diagnosis of ADHD isn't so that we label them as something negative, it's so that we can give them the right treatment so that they, uh, sometimes that can be medical treatment, but a lot of times that can be behavioral treatment and really martial arts is a really good place to start. Of course, we get a lot of kids with ADHD coming to our martial arts academy. Um, there's a lot of other uh, treatments that can be used with kids with ADHD. And the idea is, as a parent, is to really be able to identify when your kid has some things that are a little above the norm. And anytime your, your child has some behaviors that are different from the norm, that, that it's totally okay. It just means that we need to be able to give them some extra support and some help so that they can be successful. And, uh, and so let me give you some examples. And we have a handout that you can get at karatebelt.com slash ADHD with a lot of the symptoms. So would you like me to go through some of the, the symptoms? Yes, please. Yeah, and it's good. And we train our instructors on how to uh, identify some of these symptoms in class so they can help you guys as parents know when a child might need to get some extra attention. And of course, we're, our instructors aren't medical professionals or psychologists, but we have work with you know 300 kids a week. So we're gonna be able to help you give it, get an idea of when you should work with a, a doctor or somebody. So um, we train all of our instructors to look for these things. So there's, before we get started kind of in what ADHD is, ADHD is the official diagnosis in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for the American Psych Psychological Association. Um, there's, there's three different ways that ADHD can present. One is if it's both atten um, hyperactive and um, inattentive, so that's one way. The other way is if it's one or the other. So it could be inattentive or it could be predominantly inattentive or predominantly hyperactive impulsive. So there's three different categories that you can be in. But in the old days, and I think it gets really confusing even sometimes for physicians that have been around for a long time, these diagnoses have changed a lot. And so they, they end up um, sometimes get a, a diagnosis of ADD. That's not actually an official diagnosis anymore. Um, everybody's diagnosed as ADHD and then they have one of those three characteristics. So as a parent, it's really important for you to know that. Um, did that make sense? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Um, so symptoms of inattention. So every kid's going to have some of these things. So again, this doesn't mean your kid should get a diagnosis of ADHD, but I'll just read a few of these. Often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork. Again, every kid's going to do that some, but if these are all, if, you, if they do it more than average, um, has trouble holding attention on tasks, doesn't seem to listen when spoken to, um, doesn't follow through on instructions, trouble organizing tasks, avoids dislikes or is reluctant to do tasks, um, 
often loses things necessary for tasks, and maybe is forgetful or distracted a lot. So those are kind of inattentive behaviors. Hyperactivity or impulsivity behaviors might be fidgeting, leaving seat when they should be, when the, leaving their seat when they should be seated, running around climbs in situations that aren't appropriate. Um, kids really even, and you'll see when you come to our school, uh, even for a three-year-old, and we start kids as young as three, they should be able to hold still and they should be able to follow directions and follow your lead or follow our instructor's lead or a teacher's lead and they need to start learning that at as young as three years old and if they can't do that then it's going to be really difficult for them to have some success when they're when they're older if they're starting to uh, learn some of these behaviors at a young age so whether they have a diagnosis of ADHD or not this is really important for them to learn so some other things it's hard for them to take part in leisure activities quietly. They feel like they're on the go, talking excessively, they interrupt you a lot, or blurts out an answer before the question's been completed. Some other ones here. So um, those are some of the different things that can, that can give you an idea that it might be time for you to get, uh, get to a, a developmental psychologist, uh, your family physician, or talk to a doctor about whether or not it might make sense to see if your kid um, has ADHD. Now, a lot of those same symptoms are what all kids, as we said before, might exhibit. And so that's what we work on a lot in martial arts because part of what we do is work with self-discipline. And what we know is, is that kids that have some of these symptoms, whether they have ADHD or not, over time, they learn to control those behaviors so that they can be very productive. And the, the real concern we have is, if, for example, a kid has trouble paying attention, that they're not going to learn the things they need to do in school, then they'll get further behind, then they'll have other problems. And the same with the inattentive issues. They, they'll have trouble focusing now, they'll have trouble learning things, and again, get behind. Then they get more frustrated, then they have more trouble focusing, then it, gets, it kind of snowballs. So we've got to be able to get after this very early. And we know that the earlier we work with kids on these kind of things, like if they're as young as three years old or sometimes even earlier, three is kind of a good, uh, good starting point, three, four years old, um, then we have really big success. If we aren't starting to work with kids until they're seven, eight, nine years old when they've got some of these issues, then they've already kind of gotten a little bit behind. It's not too late, but we'd rather start earlier. Absolutely, I've always seen that the younger they are, the more success we have with them. What specific types of symptoms do we, you work with in a martial arts school? Well, all of these symptoms that we talked about, we work in martial arts. And some of the ways that we do that, and some of the ways that when we do work with the kids, um, we want the parents to model at home are making sure that we have really high expectations. So sometimes the sometimes we get asked, um, what do we do? What do we do differently? Um, I think that was another question you had as well. <laughs> what do you what do we do differently in a martial arts school if a kid's got um, a serious attention issue? And it always depends on the severity. So if a, if a child comes in and they've got a very severe um, attention issue, then what we may do is do some private work with them one on one until they can work with the rest of the class. But we always want them to be able to do is handle the regular class environment. But one thing that we also do is, uh, have one instructor run the class. And so we don't have a bunch of different people showing them a bunch of different things and have a bunch of different distractions around them. They stay very focused to one instructor. We also make sure that they work with multiple instructors. So that sounds 
contradictory what I just said, but they may have one instructor one day, a different instructor another day, a different instructor another day. So that the kids that get overly focused on one person when they see Master Samor teacher and they see Chief Master Moody teacher and they see one of our other guys teaching, they they can sometimes get too focused on that one person. Then when that person's gone and another person gets replaces them, well they they won't behave as well. They need to be able to behave well and do all the, the skills that they're learning with any teacher just like they would in school, just like we'd expect them to do when they're going to the store, just like we'd expect them to do when they're on the playground, just like we'd expect them to do if they're going to the movies and somebody asks them to do something or move or follow the rules, they need to, they need to do those things all the time. So we make sure that there's one instructor, we make sure we have really, and again, back to the standards, we have very high standards for what they do. They have a certain place to go, a certain place to be, uh, we have certain rules for how they talk and behave and and uh, and what where they put things and and when they get to uh, move in class where they move in class so all those rules that sounds I think for some people maybe a little strict um, they're doing this all while they're having fun the idea though is that they learn how to control their own bodies and really even for adults I mean, what's the biggest problem people have as adults is controlling their own bodies so that they keep their body in shape, they lose weight, or they, um, they um, have uh, a certain amount of self-discipline. And that's what we do with adults too. And ADHD is prevalent for adults as well. And it's not just that this just kind of works out really well. Uh, martial arts works really well for um, kids with ADHD because of the same kind of skills that people need to develop to have success in the rest of their life. So that's why this really dovetails well with kids uh, with ADHD. So if your expectations are that high for them, is the discipline system different for a child with ADHD as opposed to a child, just a typical child who doesn't have ADHD? Well, that's a really good question. So the discipline system we use is the same. If a kid has less attention capabilities, they may be one that we have to do a little bit more work with to help move them up so that they can manage their own self-discipline. So it's important to understand, especially for, I think, parents, because you may not have had a background in working with kids before you had your own kid. And so there's a difference between discipline and self-discipline. Discipline is when uh, we tell a kid what to do or we tell our we get told what to do at work and self-discipline is when they learn to assimilate that and do it on their own they learn to be able to um, put their clothes on get brush their teeth and do all the stuff they're supposed to do on their own and at work it'd be the same thing you know we, we have people we work with that you have to tell what to do all the time and then people that do the work on their own and you don't have to bother them well that's self-discipline is that second one and that's what we're expecting them to do it may take longer for a kid with um, ADHD or frankly other special needs that we work with maybe it takes longer for them to learn some of the self-discipline skills but we're expecting people to we're working with people for a long time and we don't give up on them so that they learn those self-discipline school skills over time but we don't want to give them we specifically don't want to give them a different set of rules because we want them to be able to learn how to operate in the environment that they're, they're expected to be in all the time if we treated kids with ADHD dramatically different, then when they go to school, then they won't be able to operate within the bounds of what they have to do at school. When they have to play on the playground and play a game, 
they're going to operate differently. The other kids won't like them. When they ha when they end up getting older and they're in high school, they're not going to be able to work well with the other kids because they got treated special. It doesn't mean we don't treat every kid individually, but there's a difference between treating kids individually and treating kids in a way that they won't help them develop some self-discipline. So we, we have a certain expectation that we that we require everybody to follow. And by the way, it's the same expectation that we have for us as the instructors, for all of us, for the other students and everybody else. So we model that for people. Now, what I'll tell everybody is, uh, is uh, especially as parents learning this, we would expect parents to model that. We have a lot of our parents that also take martial arts, and they can be the most successful because the parents then also end up modeling the skills that we ask them to model at home and they're modeling them at the martial arts school. So then in your example, that I'm an example of that our kids are both martial arts students and black belts. So then, uh, and uh, my son was born with autism when he was, uh, and so he was diagnosed when he was two years old. And so this has been a big difference, different from ADHD, but it's it makes a big difference because I model the same behaviors for him. And whether or not you did martial arts or not, it, it wouldn't matter. We're gonna, we help parents understand how to use our reward system. And we have a reward system that we use that all the kids get to participate in. For the kids with ADHD, it's even more important because when they get to go home, the things that they do at home get rewarded at the martial arts school. That was actually going to be my next question is, how do you keep the discipline from being all negative, which discipline often has that connotation when you say the word discipline. How is a martial arts school when you're really emphasizing discipline and that everybody does everything as expected. How do you keep that positive? Yeah, and that's a really good point because if you don't build discipline, if you don't get rewards out of discipline, so if I'm disciplined and I don't get benefits from it, I'm never going to build self-discipline. So like if I, if I eat better and I don't feel better by losing weight or getting in better shape or whatever, then I'm never going to continue that behavior because there, I didn't get any reward out of it. You know, if eating better didn't make me feel better, I didn't get a benefit out of it, it would be silly to continue to do that because you might like to eat ice cream or you might like to do other stuff, you know. Um, so the same for a kid. If the only way their discipline is implemented is by correction and negative reinforcement, then and, and not to say that parents don't really do that all the time, but that can't happen because when kids are inattentive or if they're hyperactive, typically what happens is the, the, the kids are um, getting yelled at or they're getting corrected and they're getting a lot of negative feedback. And the way we train all of our staff, we use a system um, in a couple books we'd recommend. Uh, One, Two, Three Magic is a book we recommend by uh, Dr. Thomas Phelan. Um, one of the best books written is not by us. It's not on martial arts. It's on a... Uh, uh, working with kids and we all of our instructors read that and we we have a modified system we use based on that where you manage all the behavior in the school and so we use a system where we do a lot of reinforcement when kids are on their target behaviors we take a lot of time to define specifically what target behaviors we're looking for and what people don't realize is is they is most of the time people are not reinforcing when good behavior. And what I mean by that is, even for teachers, most behaviors reinforced when you notice another person doing bad behavior or they used to do bad behavior, now they're doing good. An example of that is, uh, somebody 
you know, was forgetting to take the trash out. Now they took the trash out and you go, hey, good job taking the trash out. They reinforced the behavior when they finally did it right. That's really good and we want to do that for sure. We, that's, that's positive and we want to do that. That's not a bad thing. That's corrective behavior and it's positive reinforcement of corrected behavior. So we want to correct behavior and reinforce behavior when they do it right. All that's good. But what gets missed is, what if they always took the trash out? What if they always did it right? What people generally missed is reinforcing consistently good behavior. And that's something that we do really, really well. And you might even hear our background noise of some of the students taking classes, one of our later classes tonight. But if the students are doing everything right, which we expect them for the most part to do everything exactly the way we ask them to, um, we will reinforce the behavior. We build that into our instructor's training. So we reinforce behavior, so they get a lot of massive reinforcement of target behavior when it had nothing to do with whether somebody did it wrong at a different point. So that helps students build self-discipline because they continue to get rewarded for doing something right. Now, without spending a lot of time on behavior reinforcement, you can't do that all the time, otherwise it doesn't mean, it doesn't have meaning. So we build that into both what we do at the school here and we have a reward system, we call it our personal victory program. So when they do certain things at home and at school, um, this is specifically for kids. Um, and also, when they do performance-related activities, they get different color stars that they get to put on their belt. And when they get enough of them, they get different patches, and there's a whole reward system built into that so that when they, uh, when they do positive things at home, they get reinforcements for that too. So they're getting reinforcement at, in the classes when they're doing consistently good behavior, not just when they fix stuff. They're also getting reinforcement that you, the parents, or the parents that we work with, um, are, um, are helping them with on a consistent basis for stuff at home, at school, and performance-related activities. Uh, why I mentioned performance is performance is the scariest thing people have. Number one fear in America yes. is people speaking in public. So we include that as kind of a special topic. And then they also get, um, so they, at the school, at home, and then all these other places, and then continuum massive reinforcement here. And our expectation really is that the students work for uh, all, all the way through to their black belt and beyond. And it takes about three years to get to first degree black belt and about uh, five years to get to second degree black belt. So we have that expectation that they're going to do it for a long time. And that's another big piece. If they you know, do something for just a little bit, like for example, we see a lot of people do um, soccer for th six weeks and then they quit. They do baseball for six weeks and they quit. They get used to doing these activities and doing something for a little while and quit. Well, it's hard for them to build a skill. It'd be like if they only learned English for six weeks and quit. Well, they wouldn't be able to speak very well. Or they learn, let's say, another language, uh, Spanish, for six weeks and quit. Well, they it wouldn't remember any of it, right? I mean, it wouldn't make any sense. So they need to be able to learn the skill long enough that they build some reward from the self-discipline from being disciplined and then they become self-disciplined because then they'll do it on their own. So would you say that consistency and positive reinforcement together are even more important for kids with ADHD than just your typical kid? That's a really good question. Is it more important for kids with ADHD than a typical kid? Um, 
That's a that's an excellent question. So I struggle with the answer to that a little bit because it's hard to say it's not really important for any kid. So if a kid's already excelling in school and doing fantastic and they have great grades, that's going to be great for them too. They can accelerate and and you know reach the stars as well. I think that it's really important for all of us, for all of us adults too to be consistent and but I think what I would say is maybe the other way. If you don't have consistency and you don't build self-discipline for a kid with ADHD or some kind of or, or some of our special needs, you're in danger. You're in danger of not having success and you're in danger of your kid getting behind. And the longer you go, the more the struggle is going to be to catch up. Imagine a kid didn't get diagnosed or didn't get the extra help they needed until, you know, forget whether they got a diagnosis. If, let's say, sometimes we get a lot of kids to come to martial arts, our martial arts school, and the parents just, you know, don't want to, maybe it's a very severe case of ADHD, and we've worked with some parents that just don't want to, we make recommendations, and, you know, we don't try to take the role of a physician or a, a provider to provide a diagnosis. That's not our role. But we also make some suggestions. It might be good to have them seen by a, by a, a doctor. Um, about their attention issues, but but they don't. And we work with them to first degree, second degree, third degree black belt, and they do great. And they learn self-discipline. So they get some skills out of what we teach them and they become very successful. So we've seen some great success stories without any other interventions. And that's great, we love that, that's wonderful for us. But um, if they don't have what we provide and they don't have other interventions or treatment, the danger is that I could imagine that same kid, and we can think of probably a dozen or more yes. that, that we've worked with over the years that if they didn't have us or they didn't have some other treatment, where they would be when they got in high school and where they might be when they got in college and how hard they would struggle, especially imagine college where you have free reign. To, you only have to go to class three hours a week for each class and then you're responsible for your own homework and you're responsible for doing your laundry and you're responsible for managing your relationships with people. I'm scared. I'm scared for those kids. I'm scared for what would happen to those kids. So I think the you're, it's a really good question. Is it more important? I don't think it's more important. I think it's really important for all the kids, but it's dangerous if they don't get some of this help. And it's dangerous if we don't um, pay attention to these things now. Kind of a no oxymoron meant there. We need to pay attention to the ADHD issues early. And, it, and, and we'll, we'll pursue this work. We're going to talk about some other special needs as well. A lot of these same rules apply um, if you're if you're watching this and you, your child might have some other things to talk about. And certainly you can always call us and we can give you some referrals. Um, obviously we'd love to help you with martial arts classes. That's one thing, but we can also give you some suggestions of some other things that you can do as well. Um, anything else, Master Sam, wanted to add? Um, no, I've seen a lot of kids with ADHD who went off their medication. Mm -hmm. or who parents never wanted to put them on medication at all and found that coming in and learning focus and learning the concentration and the ability to have the self-discipline meant they never did go on medication or right. they went off medication. And it's not something we can recommend for them. It's something as a family with their doctor, they have to make that decision. Absolutely. Yeah. But we have seen successes like that. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. 
yeah. to see that kind of absolutely. Change. That's a, that's a really good point, and it's it's a family decision whether that's the right time. Sometimes medication is a really good thing to add on for as part of the treatment regimen, um, and and sometimes it's not. But the, it's it's you know really a wonderful thing when when a child doesn't have when when they can manage their discipline themselves. And um, and uh, you can have some uh, more variety of choices as a parent, and so it's been pretty amazing the results we've seen. We we're a big we're pretty pretty passionate about the idea of what we can accomplish with uh, with kids with ADHD, and and frankly a lot of adults that probably you know don't discuss their problems uh, in that way with us uh, because of the of the format and the structure of what we provide. So um, I really appreciate your time and everything. Thank you, sir. I yeah. appreciate your help with this. It's really important to me how many students we get mm. that have this diagnosis or are due for this diagnosis soon and their parents know it to make sure that we support them mm. and that we can make a difference in their lives because of what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for all the work you do and, and all the uh, hundreds and hundreds of people that Master Sanborn and the instructors here have helped and uh, all the instructors at the schools have helped so, mu so much. So thanks a lot, and thank you parents for watching and everybody that's watching online. Um, hope Please share this with as many people as you can. And again, if you go to karatebelt.com slash ADHD, there's a handout for uh, what to do if your kid is hyperactive or inattentive, and it'll give you some more guidance and kind of some notes from the the uh, podcast that we did today. Okay? Everybody have a great day. Bye, everybody. And